Swamiji, you mentioned uh, recently about a way to overcome loneliness, which would be to go out and be where you are really alone, which means to confront that with energy. Can you talk a little bit more about what that would mean? Well, you don't overcome any negative emotion by passivity. You have to put out energy. It takes energy to um, enjoy being alone. But the thing is that if you never have a chance to be alone, I remember when I was at the desert for some years, some months, I never was, I wasn't, could not have been happier. <laughs> you have to realize that uh, if you put out the energy, when you're in a crowd, it's much more easy to be lonely. You see all these people relating to each other and you don't have anybody to relate to and all the things that can come to one. When you're stuck with yourself, <laughs> sooner or later you've got to start making friends with yourself. And that's the way to overcome loneliness. Swamiji, in this modern age, it seems that there's a television in every room and all the TVs are on and people even drive in their cars with the radio. It's as though people don't want to be alone. I remember I was in a barber shop in Rome and I never watched television, therefore I'm talking about this experience. He had a television on. I was amazed. The scene changed every two seconds. How can anybody get a calm mind? I think one of the first things we, we need to do if we're going to find any calmness in ourselves is get rid of as many distractions as possible. Television is the greatest curse. I think it's a satanic thing. Sometimes it's very interesting. You see a landing on the moon, you don't want to miss it. <laughs> but mostly it's just chattering and jabbering talking Swahili at everybody, <laughs> and it's, it's just, uh, you, you have to get rid of the distraction. Radio is the same thing, we're on radio on this. Well, okay, <laughs> you can listen to good programs, and there's some good TV programs, but don't make a habit of it. A different TV in every room, that's a terrible thing. You can't get away from yourself, and that's what people are doing their best to do. Is it possible to share some sort of mantra or meditation technique that would help people to become calm? Well, there's one that is taught, it was taught by my guru. Also, it's a very ancient technique. Watch the breath. And don't control it, just watch it. But as the breath comes in, there's the mantra, Hong Song. Hong is sort of a bija mantra, which is say a seed. Uh, a, seed, a mantra with power in it. And hung is really the power mantra of aham, or which is the ahankar, or the ego. I'm not being fair to our listeners because very few will know Sanskrit, but the ahankara is the ego. And hung represents for I, the I. I, as you inhale, when you inhale, naturally you're affirming I. And then when you let go, there should be a feeling of relaxation, of release. And so, aham saha, I am he. But the mantra is hong sao, hong sao. Some people say it should be so hum 
That's really not correct. You can say he is I once you've attained him. But in the beginning you have to begin where you are. So I am he. Hong Song. Swami, uh, you spoke of a mantra. Can you describe what is a mantra? A mantra is a word of power which has effect in the physical world. Um, in this case, follow the breath the whole way with Hong, the whole way with So. But there are many mantras. Some also can provide uh, revenge and things like that. Mm. They can be harmful. Mm. They can be black magic. But they're a kind of magic. What they do is they take cognizance of the fact that we are a part of cosmic vibration. Mm. Sound is vibration. The right sounds put us in tune with certain aspects of sound. And uh, when we uh, indulge in negative sounds, that's why I've talked about rock music, it's negative. It brings the mind downward. Sound is very important. And true mantras are those which help to lift the, the mind. There is a mantra, for example, for overcoming difficulties. <clears throat> it's called Mahamritanjai. Om Triambakam Yajamahe Sagandim Pushti Vardhanam Urvarokam Evavandhanam Om Triambakam Yajamahe Sagandim Pushti Vardhanam Urvarokam Evavandhanam and so on. And then, of course, there's the famous mantra of the Vedas, the Gayatri mantra. Om Bhur Bhuva Swaha Om Tatsavitur Varaniyam Vargo Devasya Dhimai Diyoyonaha Prachodayatoma The meaning of it is not nearly so important as the actual vibrations of it. So the Hong Sa mantra actually... Is to calm the breath. And it actually works on the physical yes. body. On the breath, on the ego, on the self-surrender. I am He. I offer myself. And tied to the breath, it helps you gradually to arise above the need for breath so that the pauses between the breaths become longer and longer. This is going fairly deeply into a subject very few people are ready for. But what Yogananda said is that breathlessness is deathlessness. When you achieve breathlessness, then you go beyond maya, beyond duality, into superconsciousness. So how, Swamiji, how, how does Hong Sa, uh, how do you say the mantra as you're breathing? Do you control the breath? You don't say it, you say it mentally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're not breathing out to breathe in. <laughs> and do you try to control your breathing? No, you watch it. There's this little bit of control that when it stops between the breaths, enjoy that pause. That's a slight bit of control, but that's all there is. Um, is there a mantra in any Western tradition? I don't think so. I don't know of any mantra. But uh, some words do excite us. I remember when I was a child, I would quickly see a word exciting. Hmm. <laughs> or surprise. <laughs> <laughs> so, Amen is... Amen can be taken as a mantra. 
in fact. In fact, there's the Hesychast tradition, Lord Jesus Christ, have mercy upon me. Lord Jesus Christ, have mercy upon me. So, Lord Jesus Christ... Or Lord, Christ. have mercy upon us sinners. Hmm. Oh. So, we can tie those with the breath. Mm -hmm. Inhalation and exhalation. Lord Jesus Christ, have mercy upon me. But I don't see why should he have mercy on me. He loves me. <laughs> he doesn't condemn me. This is the terrible thing about Christian dogma. They keep thinking that people are sinners, that you're, that God hates you because he hates sin. And Why should God hate anything? And really, I mean, he put you in this mess. Why should he blame you if you get into it deeper? If you didn't understand it, you should get out of it. It takes many lifetimes to learn your lessons and to realize that if you put your hand on a hot stove, for example, it hurts. Hmm. So you have to do the right thing and avoid the wrong thing. So when we say that we are not a sinner, it doesn't mean that we haven't sinned, it just means... That's right. God hates sin, you could say, but not the sinner. We should hate sin, but not the sinner. But we shouldn't hate anything. Just accept, there it is, but it's not for me. Swamiji, going back to some of these emotions that are very hurtful for people, like we talked about loneliness earlier, what about anger? How do we overcome that feeling of if anger? If we can learn to relax. Now here's what you find when you get angry, you get tense. Hmm. Relax your, yourself as much as you can, and you can take a deep breath and let that breath bring in peace and let the exhalation take out all your tension and anger. In relaxation there's no anger. There's acceptance. So another thing is when somebody really gets your goat, take a deep breath and just say, I accept it. He is the way he is. It's, he can't help it. I accept it. Acceptance is the answer. Very good. What about hatred when you hate someone who has done something evil? You know, it's curious. I've never experienced hatred. I don't know what it's like. But I suppose it's a kind of rejection. And I think with rejection there must come tension, pushing something out of your life. So I think just surrender, accept that, okay, it's in my life, let it be. So if somebody does something that really upsets you, um, except that it is. Now, how are you going to do that? Let's say that if you're in a concentration camp and you see people being slaughtered and, or in prison and people are getting beaten up unnecessarily, how can you accept that side of thing? You have to realize that in the greater law of karma, everything balances out. When you suffer, in time you will find pleasure and happiness. There's always every Every negative side always has a positive side. Every positive side always has a negative side. We have to get rid of both. So, to get rid of hatred, I suppose just, just learn to accept and not push out. Again, relaxation brings acceptance. That could mean accepting people of a different race or caste or that's Skin too color. obvious even to say, but it is certainly true. The races of man are the castes, not the colors of the skin. But the castes 
Why hate? When you hate something, you're drawn to it. <laughs> Anything that you hate, black people who hate whites are drawn what born as whites. White people who hate blacks are born as blacks. It's a and magnetism. If, if you hate shudras, which of course would be ridiculous, then you'll have to be a shudra. Anything you hate, love and hate both, are attraction. And people who hate each other are often born in the same family so they can fight it out at close quarters. <laughs> but uh, anytime you, you uh, learn to love everybody, then you find that your life and your lives become happier and happier. So, what do we do? Learn to accept life. Learn to accept people. Learn to accept what, what happens if you fail in life. Accept that God has given you a new opportunity to do something new and different. Thank, Thank you, you so much.